Hello and welcome to the Fellowship Phase, an Adventures in Middle-earth podcast. I'm Josh and that's Callum. We're going to give you inside information on how to find your own path through Tolkien's world. After what seemed ages further, they came suddenly to an opening where no trees grew. The moon was up and was shining into the clearing. Somehow it struck all of them as not at all a nice place, although there was nothing wrong to see. All of a sudden they heard a howl away down the hill, a long shuddering howl. It was answered by another away to the right and a good deal nearer to them, then by another not far away to the left. It was wolves howling at the moon, wolves gathering together. It's a bit ominous, isn't it? Yeah, it's very ominous. I just feel like I'm a child and I have a story time in bed. It's weird because I've not been on this side of the narrative segment. <laughs> it's Tuck very ominous. Tuck me in. I'm it really gets sleep. me into the. I'm not going to sleep because it's too scary. God damn. Well, the hobbits did not. The hobbit did not get any sleep that night. He got a level of exhaustion instead. <laughs> what we're going to do today is a bit different. It was something that came to me because I thought, well, how could we pull together everything we've done so far to basically give an example? I think when we did the 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 almost the region guide with Brendan and Merkwood, that was really helpful. I I listened back to it and I actually found it helpful for me in terms of planning what i wanted to do is use this to basically come up with an encounter quickly together as an example of how easy producing an encounter can be and what we're going to do is use some inspiration from the books the narrative segment was from out of the frying pan into the fire one of the chapters in the middle of the hobbit when the uh, when Bilbo and the dwarves and Gandalf are chased by wolves and end up getting chased up into trees in a clearing. The wolves can't climb the trees, but Gandalf can hear the wolves talking and they are explaining that goblins are coming. And Gandalf knows that goblins could cut the trees down or could set fire to the trees or could climb the trees. In other words, he very quickly lays out what the stakes are. You get this tense moment. So, Callum. And I want, I've not decided whether this should be called Encounter Jam or Encounter Hack. I don't know. It feels like it should have a, a snazzy label. But we're going to come up with an encounter about this together. I think what we should do at some point, though, is, and I think we mentioned this briefly before, we, we should do like a fantasy fellowship. So we should yes. follow the track of the fellowship of the ring and go all the way along the journey, but then also create the encounters and give some ideas yes. so people have some inspiration yes. if they want to go off and do it and have players make their own characters or play as famous characters from beyond middle earth and run their own fellowship that'd be quite fun i think we should definitely do that yes this is good build up to that then think of this as the hobbit to that's lord of the rings which is convenient because this is a hobbit encounter by moonlight clash by moonlight so something by moonlight um yes so we i so I guess we're trying to provide 
some insights into our thoughts of how we would plan an encounter so that you've got an idea or maybe you can just steal the encounter ideas exactly and yeah. talk through what resources we might look for inspiration and what mechanics might come into play and how we might put put things together i guess yes for me the starting point is usually and i don't know about you let's let's see if it's different the start for me when i'm designing an encounter is what is the kind of the sense of the encounter what experience am i trying to give the players because it can be very different in this case the experience that gandalf and the dwarves and the hobbit have are uh, one of immense peril it feels like a life or death situation for them they are unsure and out of their element um, surrounded by deadly predators so i want the players to feel oh, almost all hope is lost we're going to have to really try something unexpected here that's why i want to i don't want them to be falling back on just their normal um, mm. actions i want to put them in a place where they have to be creative do you so want to make, make it very clear to them that this isn't a battle they can just fight and kill all the ghouls yes you know that this is a hopeless hopeless situation and that they have to be creative with their solutions so i think that gives us our first uh, thing for the encounter so it needs to be clear they can't just kill all the wolves simplest way of doing that there are too many wolves for them to yeah. kill yeah. Would be and, one way and make that very clear to the players so when you come into it you know it doesn't really matter how many wolves are but you can you can get someone to roll a check or you can say like with your passive perception or you know you can you can run that in any sort of ways and tying in someone's player abilities but i think it, it, it making it very clear to them you know you know this is a fall beyond any of you that's essentially yes. the, the feeling that you want to get gandalf is incredibly clear to his party when he's um you know guiding them he says the balrog is too much you're not going to, be able to fight this you know there's a red skull floating above the balrog for the most of them exactly yeah uh, yeah so and make I, it very clear and that, i think that kind of establishes the, the feeling part of it isn't it yes and i think it's important to do because often when you present players with a map or they have to roll initiative players take that as a sign of like oh this is a combat where we will kill the enemies and win which often is the case. Sometimes that's not what's going on. And I think you need to, whether explicitly, you could just explicitly say, but I think as DMs, we have abilities that we can use. Yeah, You would kind of telegraph to them that if they see there are too many enemies, they will realize quickly that they're not going to be able to fight them and their creativity will kick in. Okay, so that gives us our, our, our starting point. Loads of wolves, or in this case, wargs, are going to be the enemy. Um, I guess you need to think about the, well, first, firstly, actually, you said you started with feelings. I, I guess that makes sense in this context. I actually generally start first with like the plot, like the thoughts Not good, yeah, yeah. part of it. So, you know, what are they trying to accomplish? What are the aims of their adversaries or the setting and what makes yep. sense? And I kind of work from like what makes sense to be happening and then it just happens and i don't actually think about the feelings part of it until later on down the process once i've actually like i know who's going to be there what their plans are and the player captain really know what they're going to do but i kind of base it around what makes sense to me in the yep. narrative that i've imagined i guess so that's slightly yeah. different um but we've got loads of wargs and we know from the book the description so i guess you know, that makes sense in a, an encounter like this we're planning that we know what the encounter is. 
you know, we can all imagine the scene from the movies, but reading the book, you, you got this very evocative description by Tolkien. I think that if you're running something that isn't in the books and in AIM, then where do you draw that inspiration from? I usually go to the region guides or, or the equivalent in the, the newer edition. And I find a description of the terrain and I use that to yep. decide what is the terrain like? So, for example, I've opened up the West Middle Vales of the Andean Vale, which is a region that contains things like the Eerie and the Burned Glade, which is where this encounter actually happens. And so I can go there and I can see that there is a description of the, the Burned Glade. In the forest off the road, there was once a dark and frightful glade where the wars gather to meet with their goblin allies. That glade is no more. Gandalf's magic burnt it to a crisp before the Battle of Five Armies. And um, it's, it's, you know, there's also stuff for the um, West Middle Vales that talk about the like terrain and so on, so, and the wildlife. So pine forest, there's rabbits, squirrels, mountain foxes. There might be some serpents. There might be river, uh, otters in the river. There's large valleys. There's uh, thinned out trees, brambles, bare stones. So like, I find that really, so now I'm like, okay, it's pine forest. I've, I've really got some ideas there, just thinking about the, the terrain, which is so important for this and isn't so important in d and I think. You know, you're running through the forest, you can feel the pine needles under your feet. It helps dampen your footsteps, perhaps. Or, you know, um, as, as you're rushing through, one of the branches of the pine trees are close together, cuts yeah. on the cheek. And you you know you can you, you you know maybe that's a failure in some sort of skill challenge as you know someone gets cut in the cheek and the wolves can pick up the, the the scent of blood. So yeah, that that terrain, the topography, and the and the the nature that's there that really helps me when I'm planning an encounter to be like what 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 are they going to see, what we're going to describe, how am I going to get them into that mood? So maybe that is the feelings bit as well. Yeah, that makes sense. I suppose. The question in in the the story, they climb the trees because they realise there's no way they can mm. escape the wolves. So there'd be different ways of doing this with the players. You could just you wouldn't want to railroad them into starting the encounter with them in the trees because you, you want them to make the choice to get into the trees. They don't necessarily have to. I think the way of encouraging that is to do exactly what you've done: describe the terrain. Uh, there are pine trees describe the branches the players will get the sense that maybe they could climb mm, up them. yeah and either let them make a check or just tell them that they cannot outrun wolves which is not unreasonable knowledge to have like i think as human beings that is an instinct that we would have is that we would not be able to outrun a predator so you've told them you can't outrun these things there's not much terrain around you other than trees what do you want to do They'll probably climb into the trees. They might do something different, which is fine. Yeah, you don't I'm thinking I'll climb them. down the cliff. <laughs> Terrible idea. <laughs> Get some rope and the the um the tree things. I I think one of the tricks that I employ, and I think you maybe do this as well, is I kind of plan out in my head a series of prompts. You know, maybe it's like in a video game where you like you're doing the wrong thing, or you like you're getting little subtle hints that yeah. the controller vibrates or something like you know is about to to go wrong. 
So maybe it'd be like you're running for the trees. I'd, I would mention that there's pine trees. It's quite thick and blah, blah, blah. And if they're not getting that, I'd be like, yeah, the branch, you notice that the branches, you know, some of the high press reception, I'll say, you notice that the branches are quite sturdy or, you know, and, and, and then sort of build and, and add layers of prompts almost to people. And it's not really railroading, but you just don't want people to be in a situation where they feel the situation is hopeless and they feel like there's no solution. And yes. it's amazing how many times, like, the subtlest of hints. And then, I, I love this. It maybe doesn't apply in this situation because there's only one option, but where, where I've planned an encounter and I have a sense of the sort of things that are open to the players. And in the opening description, I'll just, I'll make a load of, like, descriptions. Like, there'll be loads of stuff. And I try and throw in some, like, noise uh, so that they kind of mask the signal of what, what is really going on. And then the, your, you, you and the other players will be like, Let's do this thing. And I'm like, that's exactly what I hoped you would do. <laughs> and it's a great plan. And I love it. And uh, that's so satisfying when you like, drop a really subtle hint and it's picked yes, up on yes. and people engage in that, uh, particularly with, with sort of terrain ideas. Or they come up with something really creative. So, you know, I don't know. We don't want to, you know, force people into the trees, but maybe Gandalf, you know, they've got some other tricks of a tree. Yeah, they might do. <laughs> nice. Um, oh, yeah. One thing I was that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't, but I thought it was a nice plan. <laughs> one thing I was one. thinking about is, because you're right, I, I then try and think, well, what's likely to happen? Or what would the players, based on what I've seen, what would they do? Okay, we take this through. So they've been chased by the wargs. They know they can't outrun them. They climb the trees. Great. So you've established an encounter where basically they're up in these trees and they're surrounded by a foe they can't defeat in combat. Ooh, this is an exciting encounter. However, and I thought about this, whilst that is scary for them, there's maybe not enough jeopardy because Tolkien makes it very clear that wolves cannot climb trees. So there is a period in the, the story where they actually, although they are scared of the wolves, they feel safe because they're in the trees. Now, they don't know how to get down, but there's an element of safety. And you could end up that happening in your game, which is not actually very helpful because then they're just like, oh, we're just in the trees. And they might just say, we'll just wait. Now, our response to that would be actually the location of this is in the well, the burnt glade, but it was a meeting place for wargs. Like they aren't just going to leave. They're not just opportunistic predators who'll get bored if their prey is up a tree. Like they are there for a reason. They're not going anywhere. But you could end up in a stalemate, which is just a bit boring. Which I think is partly why Gick Tolkien and we as lore masters introduce the idea that Gandalf hears them speaking in warg that goblins are coming. And it introduces this time thing, which is if they don't think of a solution soon, goblins will arrive and then there's a whole different problem because they can cut the trees down or climb up or whatever. So it's not so much a the wargs will eat you in these trees. It's a you can only be in these trees for a set period of time. And you could really emphasize that to the player, like use use Gandalf as he would probably be an NPC because he's, he's too powerful to be a player character. And it's also fun for the lore master to run Gandalf. It's fun to be. What would he sound like? What would he sound like? <laughs> exactly. I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm so glad I asked. He can introduce the like, oh, I've heard them speaking in their evil tongue. Goblins are coming. And you then as the lore master can be like, right, after a certain number of turns, or you could even put a real world timer on, which is sometimes fun for a creative problem yeah. solving. Or you just roll D100. 
Yeah, uh, yes, you did that recently. <laughs> Makes it very clear to the players that this is a problem, a puzzle to be solved, and there is a time limit. Like, yeah. you need to crack on. I love doing that. I love, I guess, maybe to abstract that out and make it more general is you when you're planning an encounter i think it's worth to think like how is this going to resolve what are the potential outcomes and then planning for them all so here it's like what are the potential outcomes so maybe they try and fight the wargs how are you going to stop them just having a tpk are you gonna are you gonna prompt them more about climbing up the trees is there some way that that can even work probably not but maybe it's worth thinking about like what happens if they do defeat the wargs you know Nothing's impossible. Um, if they try and climb down the cliff, cliff, like, have you thought about that? So you don't have to plan out every single eventuality, but I think it's worth just brainstorming the potential solutions that you would come up to the problem. And either, if you don't want them to do something because it wouldn't work in the plan narrative, then it's fair enough to be like, well, actually, you come to the cliff edges and you, you notice actually there's a, there's a real big overhang and you don't think it's possible to do. You know, actually... I don't think players need to have every single option open to them. You just need to be really clear what are the options rather than, yes, rather than you know, be like, well, you know, I think there's a, an element of you can try, but I think it's reasonable sometimes, you know, they are role-playing as a character and in that situation, particularly, you know, say you've got a wanderer or something from high wisdom, that their character would know. So you can just say to them, like, your character yeah. would know this is a terrible idea. Maybe don't yeah. do it like that you know <laughs> no no you're spot on um in this story what happens is gandalf uses um his magic to light pine cones uh on fire and then they throw the pine cones at the wargs who then their their kind of oily matted hair catches fire and they spread flames around the glade um so you could introduce a mechanic there and actually gandalf again as an npc could light some pine cones on on fire and he could throw them the other players might want to get involved and you could almost you could have rules for it being a maybe an improvised weapon so it's just you know it's basically just a dexterity check you can introduce mechanics about fire um you know maybe the fire will spread which can have pros and cons <laughs> like maybe the maybe the tree you're in catches fire if you fail and that's a problem or we know from the rules that wargs are now, is it if there's fire, they get disadvantage on their attack? I think yeah, is the. Yeah, I think that's in the rulebook. Yeah. So there are rules. Now, what you could do is you could actually you could customize the monster profile to give it something else. Like it maybe maybe the fire actually gives them the the frightened condition, so they run away from it. You could trade them out because actually we're saying it's unlikely to be combat, so that you get disadvantage is almost not that helpful because they're not likely to be in the situation. So you could use the theme, which is that wargs are scared of fire and just swap it. So yeah. they run away and that might give your players an opportunity to run or, and this is, I'm unsure of this in the story, the Eagles come, they, they see and hear that the glade is ablaze and they come and they rescue the party out the trees, which is a cool moment in the book potentially controversial i think in a role-playing game mm. i can i yeah so certainly when you guys were lower level when i planned encounters when we're talking about exit strategy i always yes. kind of thought about what happens if things go really bad 
because I, I found it really hard to like match the enemies to the right level. Yeah. So I kind of usually had a like cavalry option. So, so you know, okay. someone who would make sense that might come to help. And I usually had some sort of escalation option. So I had usually planned and prepped what I would do if I had badly misjudged the difficulty of the encounter, because I never felt it would be fair because it's all so arbitrary anyway. I never wanted like TPK, total party kill, if if it was just me messing up the encounter difficulty. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't always like, you know, Bjorn's going to turn up. Oh, Bjorn's turned up again. Oh, Bjorn's, you know, <laughs> I, and I, I felt like it was quite just, you know, most of the time the encounter's balance was okay. Um, but occasionally I would do that. And, you know, that definitely press the like emergency button sometimes. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed that when that was, or we'd be able to even say, um, because I was quite careful not to do that unless I really misjudged stuff and that got easier with time. But I would say yeah. when planning this encounter, I would probably have had the eagles ready to come. And I potentially, if you had defeated the wargs, I'd been like, well, what would make sense? They'd probably come back and hunt. You know, like just thinking through all the options and, and thinking the eventualities, what might make sense? Like what would they do if, if you set fire to the glade? Like what would they do if, you know, Gandalf, maybe Gandalf is a different spell? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's possible. I, I also think that there's work you can do to lay the groundwork. So you sometimes an encounter happens unexpectedly and you have to make something up on the fly, which I think we've demonstrated you can do quite quickly. Most of the time, though, you can kind of have them planned. And I think if you know you're going to have an encounter like this and that one of the solutions is the eagles will come, if you can lay the groundwork that maybe they saw a great eagle overhead the day before or Gandalf tells them they're near the Eyrie or that this is the land of the eagles so that... If the eagles rock up, it's not just like, well, hang on a second, where's this random yeah, thing come to yeah. save us? It's like, oh, you've mentioned this a few times. It makes perfect makes sense. sense. Yeah, it's in their head. And they may be actually thinking of like, well, can we, I've got some mirror or something. Can we try and yes. signal the eagle in the air? And you'd be like, oh, that's, yeah, that's a cool idea. Or that's a great you know, maybe you like, you know, Gandalf, you know, because one of the worries I would have running this encounter specifically as it's in the book is that you don't really want situations where the player characters are there and then the NPC's like, right, the pun's this, we're doing this. And then they're like, oh, yes. okay, Gandalf. Like, but I think maybe that's slightly different in this because, you know, sometimes so in Strad, there's some NPCs which are meant to be really powerful and really have quite disappointed sometimes. Um <laughs> No naming names. No. So, but like Gandalf, everyone would be like, I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, shut up, Gandalf. Like, what a dumb plan. You know, they're going to be like, yes, whatever you say, sir. You know, it's Gandalf. So maybe that'd be different. And it maybe would be out of character if they're in a situation like this or suck up the trees and all the player characters are talking tactics and they ask Gandalf what he thinks. He's like, well, I don't know. Maybe you should decide. You know, Gandalf's going to have some sort of guidance or false yeah. plan. But maybe yeah, they suggest can... Gandalf use a different spell. You know, maybe there's actually other things that they can do. You know, maybe Gandalf, you know, I think I would probably not run it like they go up the tree and Gandalf immediately has a plan. Maybe he's like, you know, you get the sense Gandalf's like thinking deeply and he seems deep in thought about thinking of different solutions and then they have an opportunity yeah. to suggest things. That's a great show. Give them the space to the other option is rather than running this as a kind of sort of a combat but sort of not where there are mechanics where they could um they could they could throw improvised weapons 
if they've got ranged weapons, they could use ranged weapons. Maybe one of them wants to fight on the ground. You could run it as a skill challenge. Yeah. Uh, and you could, so that things like Gandalf using his a spell, like a leveled spell would be an automatic success. And you can, I think a skill challenge we found really opens the player's creativity up. So like, oh, actually, how can I use my deception in this in this circumstance and it might be making a wolf call or, or something like that to to distract them so you could run it as a skill challenge would be another way of doing it hmm. yeah so i think hopefully that helps in terms of get a bit of an insight into our approach to planning an encounter so just to summarize what i think we've said is that getting the you know, I guess either starting with what the feeling is that you're trying to capture or what's the narrative yeah. plot. I think those are both way, different ways that we differ. I'm more of a thinking yeah. person. You're more of a feeling person, perhaps. And then yeah, thinking, of, <laughs> thinking about like uh, the terrain, the situation that you're in, what nature is there, you know, to get a real sense of how you can describe it, defining what success or failure looks like and thinking about what ways your players might approach success or failure so that you can plan how the world will interact with those plans. Yeah. I, I really highly recommend the Lazy DM Guide for prepping an encounter. Yes, yes I, 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 totally, I totally agree with you. I would really recommend, if you're thinking of an encounter like this, don't necessarily just go with your like first instinct. If you have an idea for an encounter, do brainstorm like actually could you run it as a skill challenge or actually ooh, is there a different mechanic that maybe you've not already thought about like just just get the creative juices flowing i think because there's a lot of fun to be had in encounter design which really pays dividends with the players i think i love an encounter design we we talked before about American confectionery. Yes. Hot topic. Hot topic. And we've had some feedback. Okay. I'm, I'm nervous. I realise <laughs> I went quite hard on American confectionery. Yeah. We were negative. <laughs> Our audience are quite heavily North American. So I guess, do we apologise? No. We stand by what we said, but... It's been pointed out to us by Danny, so thanks for getting in touch, that Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is probably their peak in the world of chocolates. And that is something that has made it across the pond. And I would yes, hard that's agree. true. Hard yes. agree. They are great. There are a couple of Reese's products you can get here, and they are actually really good. I love peanut butter. Yes, I would agree with that. I stick by the fact that a lot of it is not as good as European chocolate. And there's a reason that you can't buy Hershey's chocolate in the UK because it's rubbish. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're, we're starting. We're just poking the bear. We've started something. What's more important, though, Danny, thank you for getting in touch. I now have to go and have some Reese's peanut butter cups. You're running a game. That's very exciting. I hope that some of our insights are helpful. Um, if there's anything that we've not talked about that we could and would be helpful, then just email us again. And Callum, how can people get in touch? They, they can email can us at thefellowshipphase at gmail.com. Is that it? Yeah, it's thefellowshipphase at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at... At fellowshipphase. At, at fellowshipphase. No, no, just one at. Just the at and then fellowship I love phase. If you hear that thing where people, like, <laughs> their email addresses are, like, 
one two three <laughs> underscore one or something you know but like actually it's just the words and it's just like <laughs> you know, which is just impossible you know like exclamation mark but it's actually just the word it's just the word exclamation mark that's a certain that is chaotic evil i think i think i'm chaotic good in this podcast i think i'm probably lawful good yeah, yeah i think that works well <laughs> i think it's a good balance uh or maybe we should do an alignment chart of american confectionery yes that's all i want now right danny thank you for getting in touch please now where do you think reese's peanut butter cups would be on a D alignment chart between good and evil lawful and chaotic Thanks. and hopefully enough people will get in touch and we can fill the whole grid in thank you please get in touch people No emails, except on party business. And comments, suggestions, and questions to thefellowshipphase at gmail.com. The long year turns to its close. Much we have accomplished these last seasons. Our fellowship disbands, but is not broken, and we will return. On the next episode of the fellowship phase.